0: Welcome to another episode of Stay Safe and Stay Sane. My name is Shevis, and I am the host of this little podcast on creativity. That theme music is by the ever so talented Persona La Av. He just released a new single. It's out on Spotify. I'm sure it's available on iTunes too. It's called In and Out of My Life. It's so good. You're not going to want to miss it. Add that to the queue. I think a lot of us are easing our way back into our old lifestyle, our old routines as the pandemic is coming to an end, vaccines are rolling out, businesses are opening up. And this episode serves as a reflection on the impact that COVID had on my next guest's creative life. It was recorded before vaccines started rolling out, but I think it is a nice reminder of what we've all been through this past year, And one of the biggest topics that I'm excited for us to explore is taking the competition and the expectations out of practicing a craft and making the goal rather than some arbitrary external goal that you've created, this imaginary competition you're having with your friend or these insane expectations that you've placed upon yourself. So take those away and instead... Focus on being the best that you can be at your craft. I often say that I am a professional dabbler. I am interested in something for a week and then I move on. And I feel like I've experienced a lot of shame around that because people don't like my ADHD approach to creativity. But at the end of the day, why should I let Anyone else's expectations of my creative journey hold me back from doing what makes me feel good. Because at the end of the day, we all only have one life to live, at least one human life to live. So why not do all that we can do and try to do it for all of the right reasons? Yeah, getting paid for the things that you do is important, but going on that journey and experiencing the things that are not monetary is way more valuable to your, to your life source, your life being, uh, I don't know, I don't have a very eloquent way of finishing that statement, but I hope that you can understand the sentiment. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce our next guest. Karen Barraza is a Mexican-made, Los Angeles-raised actress and creative. She's also a self-proclaimed professional hobbyist, <laughs> but really, she's just always eager to explore and try new things. Today, you might find her skateboarding, making funny videos, or on some wild adventure. Thank you so much for joining me today, Karen.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So I guess the best place to start is at the beginning. Um, you know, let's, let's talk about how you got into acting. Oh, how did I get into acting? It kind of was a long journey. I I think I wanted to be an actress since I was a little kid. I was super into Spy Kids and Charlie's Angels. So I knew I wanted to be a spy, (laughs) a secret spy. And I I remember telling my mom, I was like, Mom, I want to be a spy, a, a secret agent. And she said, well, those don't really exist. I was like, of course, you don't think they exist because they're secret. You're not supposed to know about them. (laughs) <laughs> and as I got older, I realized, well, I don't really want to be a spy, but I would love to play one on TV. I was always into performing, dance, even drawing, making my family and friends laugh. I always loved putting on a show and being stupid and silly. And then somehow, I I don't know, I, I don't really remember the exact moment, but Long story short, I ended up coming back from I left to Mexico, came back and I was put into this school and this school had a drama club. And I remember being so fascinated by it because in my school in South Central didn't have any of that south central is like a mini mexico i didn't really even see white people to be honest and so (laughs) i went to uni high which is in santa monica and that school was everything that i've seen on television um and i remember just going during lunch and seeing their cool drama club and just watching and being so afraid to sign up and i just never did it and i ended up going back to my other school and i said okay I'm going to do it. I'm going to sign myself up for an acting class. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And somehow I found this acting studio in North Hollywood, the Young Actors Studio. And I remember going to orientation and the teacher was doing like a little test on me and he had me do an exercise and said, OK, this is a sad thing. OK, remember, maybe some someone has passed away in your family or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, my dog just passed away. So I used that for the scene. And I thought, oh my God, I love this. I have to do this. Like, this is what I am supposed to do. I really enjoy this. And I would go to acting class every Sunday when I was 15. And then eventually I found this performing arts high school public that was opening up at downtown LA. And um, I got to audition for it. And the audition was just for placements. And uh, I got in and I transferred my junior year. And that was basically the beginning of it all. Do you think being
0: in Los Angeles, I mean, it obviously sounds like it inspired you to believe that being an actress was a viable career path. Do you think it had a huge influence on that decision for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially because in LA, there's just more people that are into the same things that I'm into. There's just more artists, so there's more collaboration and there's more, it's more accessible. In other parts, I mean, I grew up in South Central and like I said, there wasn't a lot of opportunity for me to do acting there. The, we didn't have drama club. Once I left South LA and went to a school that was in downtown, literally people from all over LA came to that school. I thought, man, like, I can actually do this. this is this possible? I mean, the opportunities are here. People are auditioning. People from all over the world are, co- are coming to L.A. to pursue acting. For sure, I have, to, I have to do this. I wanted to work on it. I wanted to do really well in my classes. And for some reason, I was afraid to admit that I wanted to become an actress. It's like everybody wants to be an actor. Everybody wants to be an artist. Everybody's at the school to become an actor. Why should I get to be the one that actually lives that dream? That's how I felt. So I never spoke out about it. And it wasn't even until I was older that somebody says, you are an actor. When people ask you what you do, say you're an actress. It took me like four years after I graduated high school to finally tell people, oh yeah, I'm an actor.
0: I had a very similar experience with a, someone who's now a dear friend who, when I met her, I, I said, oh, I want to be a producer. And she stopped me right there. And she said, okay, say that again, but say I am a producer. And she gave me some really great advice. I was 19 at that time. Her name's Amanda. She said, everyone you see out here is faking it till they make it. Yes. You just have to fake it until you start believing in yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't come easy for me. I don't, I tell people all the time, acting doesn't come easy to me. I struggle with it. But people think it's a natural talent. You either have it or you don't. Like singers. Even singers, you you don't, you don't just, oh, I have a voice. You know what I mean? You have to work to have a great voice. Uh, my grandma taught me that actually. She's a great singer, and she always told me, "You can become a singer. You can learn to sing." And I always thought, "No, you're supposed to grow. You just automatically have the voice." So if you could do that, th- it's the same thing with acting. You can work to be, you know, you can be a good, you can be an actor. But are you a great actor? Are you a good actor? That's another thing. But the confidence—that's the part that is really difficult. Having that confidence. Because it means so much to me that there's more at risk. You care. I care so much. So I feel like if I'm confident somebody was like, no, you're all right. I'd be like, ugh. So I don't say it. I am like, I hold it dear to my heart. I don't like to talk about it too much because I don't want people to have opinions about it. I don't want them to hurt my feelings. And that shows in your acting. I've learned that the confidence is a, a big part. I think that applies to so many different areas in our life
0: because the confidence is the ego. Mm -hmm. And when someone will criticize something that we are very proud of or that we feel very capable of, that's just targeting our ego. It takes a lot of work to separate ourselves from the criticism. Some criticism is so great, we need it. But sometimes criticism is just there to bring you down. And I think the hard part is understanding what you're receiving and how are you going to take this note and move forward.
1: Yeah. It's taken me so long. And till this date. It's going to continue. And it's going to (laughs) continue. And I'm going to be at the top one day. And I'm still going to feel that way. And you know what? I mean, I understand why a lot of, professional actors don't even sit down and watch their own movie or they don't read reviews or stuff like that it's hard it really is especially when you put so much of your heart and soul into something yeah, but yeah. so
0: obviously acting isn't done in a bubble Mm-mm. and we're all living in our own bubbles right now yeah uh, how has COVID changed your life I mean I guess what was it what were you doing before and what are the things that you're doing now that you can't do or have di- or
1: doing differently? Man, at the beginning, I, I wasn't so sure how it was going to go. Honestly, it went in many different di- directions throughout the year. I'll be honest, I didn't put any effort into acting. I was just trying to figure life out. At, at that point, I was figuring out where am I going to make money? I was working an event so that was gone in January and I had to move in back with my mom and I thought that was gonna be rough. Now a year later I realized how that has been a blessing in disguise to be honest because we're kind of both helping each other out. I didn't really do anything with acting. I didn't know what to do with it. I mean it feel like the industry itself just kind of shut down and was like, "We'll we'll take a break and see. We'll come back later. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to work on myself uh, while you guys figure this out. And they tried the whole Zoom thing. And I said, no way, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Especially because the classes were so expensive and I didn't want to spend it on something that I didn't really believe in. Zoom acting classes? Well, hold up. So at the beginning, because I am in a Zoom acting class right now, And I have been for two months. At the beginning, I was skeptical. I said, how can you know? I'm not sure. Mm -mm." But I love it. It's insane. And... The reason is because a lot of the uh, auditions are through self-tapes. So technically, you have to learn how to work with a computer, I guess, and a camera and not have other around you. And the way that the teacher has structured the class, it works out really well. Really, really well. And I learned so much. Um, and it just kind of forces you to get creative, to be honest, to use your space. Which is great because that's what casting directors are doing now. You literally have to act for your computer. And I got to be more uh, involved in the class, surprisingly. But at the beginning of quarantine, I said, I'm not spending my money on that. No way. And I decided to... At first, I felt pressured. I felt the whole, you have to do something during quarantine, use this time to write a book, use this time to get better at whatever so and so. I was, I felt the pressure. I said, if I don't write a best selling book during this time, what am I doing with myself? I'm never gonna be able to do it. I had to reflect on that and really let myself feel things and be okay with doing nothing And during that time, I was able to really figure out what it was that I wanted to do. It wasn't because other people were telling me to do it. It was because I thought, oh, you know what? I'm usually on survival mode. And right now, I'm not. I'm so glad I'm I'm able to get financial assistance from the government, right? And I didn't have enough time to just explore and mess around and just kind of do random shit to see what is it that I enjoy. So I kind of hopped on to this challenge. It has nothing to do with acting. It's nothing to do with being creative. And it was a 75-day challenge. It's a program. It was free. You basically had two 45-minute workouts. You had to read 10 pages of book a day, no drinking alcohol, um, follow a diet, and take a selfie every day and there's a reason for all of those things um but you had to do it every day for 75 days and doing that challenge made me realize how much more disciplined I am than I you know I'm I'm actually if I really needed to focus I can and doing that afterwards I thought wow I can put the same energy into other stuff things that I actually care about so i hopped onto another program which was the book the artist way and i said another program 12 weeks let's do it um and this one challenged me in so many other ways i was very hesitant at first i was resisting a lot of stuff do you feel the same way were you resisting a lot of things when you were going through the book
0: so I'd like to just add real quick. Uh-huh. I think it's so funny how you said that you're go- you just took that time to just be to just exist and then <laughs> you did 7 it's 75 day workout plan.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I wasn't doing that challenge for anyone else but myself. That was that was the difference.
0: I love that because I mean I was laid off last year and mm-hmm. I felt very similar pressure to do all of the things that I wasn't doing because I was living hand to mouth mm-hmm. just working all of the time and then I ended up not doing any of that stuff I did not do a 75 day <laughs> workout challenge <laughs> no I I took time to just exist and to be which is a very privileged place to be in and um, mm-hmm. very thankful that I was able to be on unemployment during all of yeah. that but the artist way was what got me out of that that period it's pr- a pretty beautiful course and it forces you to confront yourself
1: it was very fascinating to read this book because immediately I thought okay I'm going into acting but I don't feel like I'm a blocked actor <laughs> like I'm pursuing it I'm an agent what like I'm not blocked oh my god I'm so blocked. I'm definitely (laughs) blocked. But not only that, I found out that I also been resisting another outlet for my creativity. And that was writing. That's what came out of this book, to be honest. As an actor, they always tell you, oh, well, you know, create your own stuff, write your own stuff. And I'm like, I'm not a writer. And so I will always push the writing part to other people. And I had the idea, I have so many ideas, I would always think, oh, well, if I had a writer. During this program, I realized, wait a minute, I am the writer, I've just been so afraid of it. And what I realized along the way was because of an experience that I had as a kid. When I came to this country, I was put in a regular class. I didn't speak any English. The teacher um, would write things on the board. And she would say, okay, you guys got to write this on your notebooks. But I couldn't keep up. She would write things, erase them, write them. And I was like on the third word. And she would erase it. She would tell me, she was like, you need to keep up. You got to do it faster. See, when you're reading something, you're reading it and you memorize it and you write it. But because I didn't speak English, I was literally copying every word. The (laughs) T-H-E. Like looking up and down. And so English and grammar. And because I went to so many schools growing up, I went to 12 different schools. Yeah, I moved a lot. (laughs) And half of those schools were in this country and half of them were in Mexico. So I felt like I missed out a lot. And I became very insecure with grammar and pronunciation, and I never really, I've never confronted that fear or insecurity. So I thought that was showing my writing, and that's what scared me. My punctuation, my grammar, I was like, I'm not a writer because of that, and because English is my second language. And in the book, she literally says, that's like their biggest fear when it comes to writing, and I was like, well, I thought it was my fear because I didn't speaking, you know English is my second language, but apparently it's everybody's fear.
0: <laughs> I, I will chime in and say it was it's a big fear of mine for different reasons. My parents are very intellectual. Oh um, and I love my mom, but growing up, she used to read my papers for English class and rip them apart. And that really affected my self confidence in my writing for a long time. Even though I was an A student, but oh. I the artist's way forced me to confront this judgment that I was holding from my mother. Mm-hmm. And she, I don't want anyone to think oh, she's a bad mom. She is far <laughs> from it. But We're
1: talking about childhood trauma here. I know. Oh <laughs> We're my not God. blaming the parents. <laughs> no,
0: we love you, parents. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it took me a while to to build that self-confidence, and it's going back to that ego. Mm-hmm. Who are we trying to be good for? What does it matter? Why can't we express ourselves because we want to express ourselves, not because we have to get that A, yeah. not because we have to have no errors or the sentences have to flow perfectly dialogue conversations don't flow perfectly and yet we still understand people so why don't we give ourselves that same generosity yeah and kindness because it's all about the idea the way that we get to the idea that's the that's the fun part mm-hmm. but at the core of all of these stories is
1: an idea yeah so before I started the artist way I decided to take a a workshop from this writer, and honestly, I only signed up because I love her. I love her writing, and I thought, yeah, I'll learn from her. But I didn't. I didn't think about me wanting to be a writer. She actually, I have it right in front of me. I'm like, sticking on. Hold on. One of the things that she says is, you gotta know who your audience is. Adjust your mental audience. And she asks, do you know who your audience is? It's your younger self. Yeah. I was like. <gasps> I started bawling to be honest I was like oh my god and then uh, another thing that she said she said um just write how you would talk and that gave me so much freedom I was like well I can talk forever
0: (laughs) I mean I guess I'd like to talk about you know because you're going on this new path you're going acting is like the career right but writing is starting to become this this passion And what's that like? I mean, you've obviously talked about having fear associated with it, fear of judgment. But how do you talk yourself out of of these sort of negative thought cycles? and, And what does it feel like to be exploring something new?
1: You know, it's crazy because I realize through exploring writing that there's so much unresolved issues going on with acting that I had not confronted.
0: What kind of unresolved issues
1: well i realized i was self-sabotaging myself in very unique and clever ways that you we mask it so well and to be honest i started therapy august of last year 2020 and man it has been hard (laughs) Yes, absolutely, but it has been so beautiful because I became aware of those self-sabotaging habits, and I wouldn't have realized that. I would have kept going on that same cycle that I've been doing for the past eight years with acting, where I'm, like, feeling like I'm doing it, and then I'm just, like, I'm not booking anything, and I'm, like over it and then I'm doing the bare minimum and then I get mad at myself for doing the bare minimum. What do I need to do? What am I doing wrong? And I tried it. Maybe I need to get new headshots. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to do that. Like I'm always looking for why is it not working out? And I realized I didn't have a great relationship with it. I didn't I didn't have the right intentions. And it wasn't the ones that you think, oh, I'm doing it to become Famous and rich and whatever, because I I know that and I've known that for very long that that's not the way to do it. But I feel like I was just doing the bare minimum. I feel like I had I was waiting for my agents to do most of the work. And also in the book it talks about that the actors that are working are the ones that are working. Meaning if they're not on set, they're in class, they're volunteering to do a table read or they're constantly working on their craft and i thought, "Oh shit, what why why am i not working on my craft? Why did i say no to acting classes via zoom if i didn't even try it? Or and why am i making excuses as to oh, you know, it's a money issue when clearly i if i really wanted to, i can work around it and budget better and put myself in an acting class. But I was so afraid of it. I was so afraid of being in class and being told that I suck or being told that maybe I realized in an acting class that I'm not that good at acting. And I was so afraid of it. I was making all these excuses. I don't have time. Oh, Zoom sucks or whatever. It's not going to go well. Or I don't have money. But those were all Excuses I was making for myself. And the only thing I can control is my craft. That's it. Like when it comes to acting, I can't control whether I get booked or not. I can't control if I get the job or not. All I can do is become a better actor, work on becoming a better actor. And that comes with constantly putting yourself out there and picking up why didn't I just pick up a script from actors access and read it and try to memorize it and work on it and break it down there's so many things I could have done to be proactive but I chose not to and there was fear there there was a fear of the task I felt like I was afraid if I did it it was gonna be more than I can handle.
0: It's like there's this taboo that if you are excited about something or you have a goal or...
1: Like if things are going well, something bad has to happen.
0: Yeah, and why can't you just do something to do it? Also, good on you for going to therapy. (laughs) I was in therapy for a little over a year, a year and a half, I would say. And it changed my life. I had a lot of stuff to deal with, as many people do you know, Mm -hmm. but therapy allows you to just talk about it and, and forgive and move on. There's a lot, there's a lot of forgiveness that has to happen with everyone, including ourselves.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite things that I learned to do on a daily basis, thanks to therapy and a lot of things actually is asking myself, okay, why do I feel that way? Where's that coming from? Is that really how I feel? Or is that my conditioning? wow yeah that and that something you do every day you don't just say okay I did it today I'm good to go no you are constantly practicing asking yourself those questions because most of the time it's just your conditioning that's running your life and you're not even aware of that
0: it is a survival mechanism yeah
1: of course yeah
0: because we're running away from discomfort Mm -hmm. from pain from fear And the only way to authentically move past that is to face it head on and move through those feelings with love. Yeah. And that's so hard for a lot of us to do.
1: And that allowed me to come back to acting with a different perspective. And I'll tell you what, it took me a whole probably eight years, but I realized that I, you know, like, maybe like a marriage. I don't know. I've never been married. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I've heard. (laughs) You fall out of love, right? You fall out of love or you get into this routine. Uh, I was a little bit jaded when it came to acting. You know, I used to set goals all the time. I love setting goals, right? Three month goals, a year goal, whatever. And I was always asking myself, like, why am I not really accomplishing these goals? And I realized it was Because I was setting goals that at the moment I thought that's what I wanted. But that's not really what I wanted. Like now I am able to set more realistic goals that are more true to myself. You're in tune. Yeah, I'm more in tune. But now my goals are things that I know that I can actually accomplish on the daily basis. Like breaking down a scene a day. Writing three pages a day. Uh, being in class at all times. I can do that, right?
0: And I think something you, you've acknowledged is that your goals were sort of these external expectations.
1: hmm Yep.
0: But what are those things that are in your power that you can control? Yes. And looking at, like, what, and it's also focused on the craft
1: as well. Yeah. My only goal right now is to become the best actor I can be. I have control of that. That's my goal. I don't have control over if I book a national commercial or a a lead in a feature. I don't have control of that. I know I have control in the work that I put in to become a better actor. And that's it. And that's more realistic. And that's more fulfilling. And something fun that I've learned last year. It's called boundaries oh yeah <laughs> those are fun is that Can therapy talk- <laughs> Yeah. yes oh my goodness yes I've learned about boundaries because I obviously had no idea what that meant and not only setting boundaries with people I did not realize that I need to set boundaries with myself and that meant for example if I was working on a project and I was like overworking myself and being like, I'm gonna work till 3am, and I'm gonna wake up 5am, and I'm, you know, there's boundaries there too, or if I'm just spending so much time going out and, you know, doing shit that's not benefiting, like, you gotta set boundaries too, you, there's always, like, a balance, and with people, it's very difficult, because you think, oh, they're not gonna like me anymore, or, or, They're going to walk away from my life. Especially if you care about that person. You don't necessarily feel like, oh, I don't want to be around that person. Um, If it's somebody you care about, family members, friends that you know for a while, setting boundaries with them is scary. But you have to do it because, oh my god, I (laughs) I used to say yes to everything. Oh,
0: me too. I still do. I'm working on it, but
1: it's because we want to be seen as like nice i want to be seen like oh she's so sweet she's nice she's blah 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 right i don't know that's my people pleasing whatever honestly you have to do that as an artist i've had to do that with roles somebody i work with was like i have this role and i think you'll be great on it like send me a self-tape blah 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 i get the script and the language didn't match my values uh so i call my aunt i I was like hey listen like what do you think she's like if you feel uncomfortable with that language it's gonna show when you're playing the role and it's not gonna come out out of your mouth naturally and you know she's not an actor or anything but she was so spot on and then i called my agent and i was like uh what do you think she gave me her point of view and then i messaged them and i said thank you i really appreciate for the, the opportunity uh I, you know, if there's a way to modify the language, then I'm open to doing this project. But unfortunately, the language, I'm not comfortable with it. Um, But I'm willing to, you know, work it out. (laughs) He just said, okay. (laughs) And I I was like, that's fine. Well,
0: but that's your niceness coming into play, right? You're trying to work it out when not every project is the right fit. And I think that that's a hard, that's a hard thing to learn. Through the years, I have found that instead of saying yes or no to something, say, hey, send me the script and let's talk or tell me a little bit about the project. And then if I like it, I give my stipulations and I wanna be involved creatively, X, Y, and Z. This is what I think. And if the project maybe doesn't speak to me, I say, thank you so much for sending it to me. I don't think I'm the right fit for this project, but let's continue talking if I want to leave the door open
1: and you know what I've also learned is that I was so afraid of like the negative but I learned that the right people will take it the right way absolutely if you if you stand up for yourself that's how you know how you can filter people out too the way they respond to things
0: not everyone needs to work with everyone we don't all need to work with everybody because we don't we're not like everybody. We should work with people who have similar values who But you know, young Karen
1: mm-hmm. here trying to make it in the industry, right? I don't have any credits to my name. Who am I to decline a role, right? That's that was the back of my head telling me, Who are you? Like this is a great opportunity. Sure, the language maybe am I self sabotaging myself? Am I looking for reasons why I shouldn't do this? I had to, I was battling it. And I thought, you know what? Sure, I don't have any credits to my name. That doesn't mean I have to say yes to everything. That's your value right there. North Pole Props is more than a prop house.
0: Whether you're a professional looking for decor and specialty lighting, or a hobbyist looking to expand your craft, they care about the creative process. What I love most about North Pole Props is their mission to create a community that supports emerging artists. So if you need unique decor items and lighting to make projects or personal life more exciting and want to join an amazing community too, then reach out to the good folks at North Pole Props at North Pole Props or via email, NorthPoleProps at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Well, I'd like to talk about something fun You're a super cool skateboarder.
1: Yo. You know,
0: uh, (laughs) yo. I feel like whenever we met, you were pretty new into your journey in skateboarding Been doing it for like a year or two years at that point. Yeah. And so now it's been a couple of years further down the line. What has it been like to have this? I feel like skateboarding is a creative outlet. And like, do you think so? Has it taught you anything about acting or writing or creativity or life? It's just like, let's talk about it.
1: Man, skateboarding has taught me so much. But it has taught me how to just play. Like skateboarding is playtime. Don't take it too seriously. Well, at least I do. Don't take it too seriously anymore. And I there weren't that many people, kid girls, skateboarding when I was young. Um, so I didn't really have anybody to skateboard with. So eventually, you know. Uh, my skateboard has started collecting dust and up, here I am 23, 20, 23. And my friend is like, here's a penny board. And so I would just take off from Venice to Santa Monica and I didn't even know how to push properly. So it was really hard until she held my hand and was like, this is how you push. This is how you should, your stance should be. And it was super uncomfortable, but I, I would do it every day because I wanted to get better. And I would do it every day. Every day I would skate as much as I could. And then eventually I, I would go to the Venice Skate Park and I would just sit there and watch all these skaters. And I would never approach them. And then eventually I went to the skate park and my friend introduced me to somebody else. And then I started having more skater friends and, and it forced me to just get better at it because I was around them all the time. That's all they wanted to do. I don't even remember doing acting at that time, man. Um, I was just, no, I did acting, but I, I was just so immersed in that world. And I started meeting more people. So I had more friends to skate with. Eventually, I saw skater girls and I wanted to be part of them. And I started these girls started blowing up on social media and I started meeting other people man it just became a whole thing at some point my adult self was like yo what is this life what are you doing like what's going on you keep doing this you're gonna end up in the street like no money and no nothing like I wasn't putting as much effort into my creative outlet it was just like I was so immerse into this world because every day they would ask me skating tomorrow skating tomorrow and I would just be like oh yeah I can skate tomorrow um and then I started stepping away from it a little bit because I felt like I was neglecting my priorities and my responsibilities but I learned just so much about process trusting the process and with skateboarding you practice a trick a million times and then you finally land it. But like every practice counts towards landing that trick. And when you fall, you get back up and you try again. And isn't that what life is about? I know it's cheesy as it sounds. You fall, you get back up. Okay, we get it. Yeah. But with skateboarding, it was literal. I would fall, oh, bust my uh, elbow or something. And you're like, we're back at it again. We're going to keep doing this. And I approach acting with that. You
0: just dust yourself off. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think the the term practice, you know, we often hear, you know, in our woo-woo circles about like meditation practice and yoga practice. But all of it, like whether it's for a sport or practicing writing or, I don't know, practicing perfecting the perfect frittata. There's a reason why that's the word. Right?
1: I mean, with acting, I don't even realize why I didn't even think about it that way. It's like the more I read a script, the better I'll get at it, um, breaking down the scene and memorizing lines. Like, I was always so terrified when I would get like five, uh, maybe like more than five pages because, you know, having to memorize. But the more I've done it, I'm, like, breaking down a scene a day almost now. And it's become easier. And now I'm not afraid of getting those longer sides for an audition or getting last-minute sides. But that comes because I've been doing it every day. And, and it seems, like, it seems so stupid, but it really is like that. Like, you just got to do even, even just the smallest thing that you do a day towards whatever goal or skill or talent that you're trying to perfect like not even perfect but get better at it everything counts like those little things are compounding and over time
0: i've asked each guest to bring something that serves as inspiration to them this could be a passage a quote a piece of art whatever uh what did you bring for us today
1: two amazing and the reason the reason why i have two is because one of them i heard this somewhere and i remember exactly where i was but that kind of shape it kind of shapes my entire perspective on life or my approach on life um and that is <laughs> i was young and i was like oh my god that makes so much sense it says one day, your life will flash before your eyes. Make sure it's worth watching. And I was young and I thought, oh my God, I want to make sure my life is watching is, is worth watching. And that's how I just, like, talking about experiences, that's really how I approach a lot of things. And this is the reason how I pick up random hobbies or I'm always like the first to volunteer to do some random stuff. It's because... I always think man, that that would be epic. That would be a great experience. Just for the experience.